Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Due to the current situation, I did not think that it was appropriate to be posting anything about anything else besides what's going on in the world currently. We should be able to use our platforms to amplify our voices and speak our truth. Enough is enough and I think this is the perfect way in order to start a conversation and just try and make a difference. Today I've got three of my friends from my uni and we are all going to be speaking upon the issue at hand and just giving our opinions of us of the situation. So yeah, please, please, please donate, support the movement in any way, shape or form. We are the best people to make this change, make this difference. So please do everything you can possible to make a difference. Hey girl. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> okay. Wait, is Shane? Yeah? Where is she? With the current situation with the world right now, I think it's best if I use this platform to speak upon the Black Lives Matter movement. So I've got my friends Marjorie, Sayo and Shay with me and we're just going to be giving our perspectives on what's going on right now. Hi guys. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and and to the pigs specifically, assalamu alaikum. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. But, so, um, yeah. Thank you for having us on, Shafika. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. We have a good discussion. Yeah, I'm really excited to actually be able to talk about this because I think we need to use our platform to really speak upon it rather than because it does it speaks volumes rather than just I guess posting about it. And right now we just really need to be able to amplify our voices rather than suppress what we're thinking, if you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. Wow, we love this yeah, seminar so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important that we speak out about it because especially as a younger generation and the people who are going to be going through work and education systems, it's important to know that the racist um, white supremacy is instilled in every single walk of our life in the Western world. And it's not like something we can ignore and just go through our lives and pretend it's not happening because it will affect us what that's like when you're talking to hr when you're talking to members of staff at your mm, education mm. in your education and stuff like that and let alone when you have to face police brutality and being harassed by police and law enforcement yeah yeah and absolutely and <clears throat> i think Shafika, we can probably relate on this and also share to an extent but mm. something mm -hmm. that a lot of people that have you know been you know, when we've been talking about the murder of George Floyd and bl the Black Lives Matter movement and what's going on right now, people are mm -hmm. saying, oh, but that's just happening in America. Like, why are you guys concerned? Um, Shay, mm -hmm. obviously, you're American. So that is yes, obviously yeah. <laughs> a much more relevant and personal thing happening in your own country. But racism and anti-Blackness specifically is a global issue. It's not mm -hmm. just even in Western societies that you see anti-blackness come across in the sentiments of people and in communities mm, um mm. <clears throat> speaking as an asian like i can 
I can I can attest to that right here and now. We have anti-blackness that's instilled and ingrained in our community. And I mean, we can we can really get into that <laughs> in a bit, but yeah. But, I think yeah, it's really so important that we're speaking about this, especially as people who are part of the younger generation, because not to sound like Malala, but <laughs> education Malala. <laughs> <laughs> education and <laughs> the youth are really as sim as simple as it sounds the future mm -hmm. i think especially for for me and marjorie because we're asian we it shouldn't just be based on like what one country is specifically dealing with because it's a global issue like you said like we're all like there's so many cases in this world where people can be racist and people can they don't fully understand what what this community is specifically dealing with and that's where i think the problem lies people aren't educated enough to really understand what is happening people are so high up in this system where they believe that everything is fine and everything that they're doing is okay which mm -hmm. i can definitely attest to if you go and i don't i don't think it's also just like a lack of education there's a lot of ignorance on the part of many people especially people in um places of pri privilege because they just it's it's not that they're not aware of it but they to a certain extent when you especially see so much information and you have access to so much being shared at any given time if you really choose to not look at it and do anything it's nothing more than ignorance like yeah, you have no reason not to be informed on the issue of anti-blackness and the fact that black people are getting murdered in the united states of america at the hands of the police just for the sake of them being black like it makes it's just turn on the news, just read an article, Google something. It's simple as. Like, I genuinely think it's actively ignoring the facts. Anyone can yeah. have a piece of paper and say, okay, these are the facts. It's higher, it's at a higher disproportionate rate of police brutality against black people compared to white people, okay? Period. Like, period. period. <laughs> that's not so, on period, that's on privilege. <laughs> Yeah, you can't, that's unprivileged, okay? And when you actively ignore that fact and you try to disagree with it or say, oh, okay, it's their fault. Maybe if they did less crime, maybe if they weren't resisting, maybe they just mm -hmm. listened to the police, maybe if they weren't in this line of work, maybe if they weren't, you know, trying to buy milk, maybe if they decided mm. that they didn't look suspicious. What? How many... The how many maybe the only, exactly the only response i have to any of that is like why are you so focused on the but why you're saying yeah black lives matter i'm all for that but why mm. why is the yeah. but more important than the original statement to you why why is it that you're you want to say things like black lives matter but we're all important black lives matter but the looting has to stop why are you so instead of saying anything on the original statement the first thing people want to jump upon is the but and that is where i feel like i i, I really don't have anything to say you're prioritizing the wrong part a horrible instance of an innocent man george floyd was killed 
but the property damages has to stop. Why are you saying, but the property damages have to stop? What about the horrible murder in the first place? Why do you not care about that? Exactly. It's so, it's so distracting. And it's important to say that you're literally detracting from the argument. You're watering it down. You're dehumanizing people. It's dismissal of the original issue. Exactly. How can you do that? If you want to bring up something irrelevant, then bring up another time when someone hasn't just died. You know, mm-hmm. there's been 29 people killed in this in um, Los Angeles since George Floyd has died. Mm-hmm. Since George Floyd has died, which is like, what, what, how many days now? Eight, nine, ten? I don't even know anymore how long it's been. It's been about it's been a week, a yeah. Constant, constant cycle. And there's still more people dying as we're protesting. That's what we're protesting for. We're protesting against police brutality. And we're emphasizing the fact that it is disproportionately people of color and black people who suffer the worst treatment from the police. And for what reason? Because the police were explicitly built and organized to police black and brown communities. That's it. And if you can't identify that issue, you can't say, okay, I can, I get where you're coming from. That's true. And just leave it at that. Then it's, it's a difficult conversation to have. And you can't mm-hmm. just, you can't deconstruct all of the racial injustice and um, structures that are built on, um, how, how can I, how can I phrase this? The structures that are that are built on basically putting people who are black, indigenous, or people of color in general down. And then when you have seen like, oh yeah, you know what, that's true. This does kind of disenfranchise this group of people. You can't just say, okay, but anyway, move on. You have to want to do something about it. There has to be something in you that's like, hey, that's wrong, but shouldn't we do something about it? And I feel like where we've gone missing right now, especially with the fact that the sad thing is, you know, it's really great that we're getting so much traction on social media about Mm -hmm. the Black Lives Matter movement and the fact that people are actually, you know, acknowledging it. But there has to be Mm -hmm. more than acknowledgement. It has to go beyond the superficial black squares you put up or like the hashtags you you, uh, reference in your post you know you have to actually think about all right this is an issue but how can we resolve this issue and that solution or resolution um problem solving is not apparent in people i think it's just a superficial yeah i stand with you but what goes beyond that i think it really just shows how people are so used to following like just trying to look good on social media and i think when it comes to something like this and as serious as this we really need to do the physical rather than do this like superficial post on like just to like gain like i guess gain like a following or like just to like, yeah get i know attention what you mean it's, you know. it's cloud that's all it is it's cloud say yeah. it as it is you know Ooh. people just want cloud people want to be like oh look i'm like, congratulated like oh good, good job friend. yeah and if like i feel like it's like a double-edged sword because in a way people like the people who don't um you know post anything at all it's like oh you don't care like you obviously have not like mm. made any announcement or anything it's mm. just like what like i it's it's yeah mm, also, it's hard because it's hard because i think 
when you're not posting in a time like this when everyone is saying something it's like okay what are they doing behind the scenes have they talked to their friends Have they talked to their peers are they talking mm-hmm. to their family mm-hmm. are they having these discussions and it's like no one can no one can force you to come out and say i'm doing things please mm-hmm. don't attack me because it's mm-hmm. ridiculous you have to explain yourself but mm-hmm. at this point when everyone is trying to help everyone to take action and simply sharing a post like okay here are the resources you can do to donate or stream this youtube video so you have the to bare minimum or to say um email your mp you know small things <laughs> like that it's, it's quite it's quite hard. Tesco's is the little that counts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, honestly. Um, but I feel like, you know, we should kind of just, we said a lot, but we should probably just circle back to why this is actually happening. <laughs> Don't you think? Like explain yeah. <laughs> what's going on at, in the wider yeah. scheme of things. I really think that this is something that I think Shay could probably um, spread some more light on because it is it's not that racism and anti-blackness is just an american issue but police brutality targeted at black people specifically is definitely an american problem so oh yeah yeah so is there anything like you'd like to share regarding that yeah i mean it's just interesting because um I find that um, people who um, even there's so much like embedded racism, like in the the United States and that just go way back. Like just even I was like realizing that um, like most of the people, even back when um, uh during the civil rights movement people and even back people who are alive now were you know i granted they are like baby boomers and older they're like they still remember jim crow laws and some yeah. of the things is just like psychologically still embedded in them you know yeah and generational trauma yeah definitely and um I, th- I just some things i just can't fathom about how I think I remember reading an article about how um, this policeman was fired from his job because he wouldn't um, either, like, it was either um, assault or shoot a, a black woman. And I was like, how do, like, how does that, like, I can't comprehend, like, how that process goes through someone's mind of, like, you know. It's crazy. How can you fire someone for having a God and having honestly recognizing the sanctity of life? Mm. Is that such a problem? Is that what is that what the message is? Like Sorry, we understand I value human you rights. get off violence, like we understand that you don't <laughs> you don't understand what human rights are, but to fire someone who's also been with you for how long, you know, you at least expect some solidarity within the police, you know, they're patting each other on the back, like, yeah, we're all doing this, we all like killing people, we all like abusing <laughs> Blue lives power. matter. Mm-hmm. You know, they hold the point that, oh, so you're beating people up with us, but you don't want to shoot them with us? Okay, you're fired. Bye. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah it's so messed up. I also, I think it's really important also to highlight the fact that 
countries like America and also the United Kingdom, let's not pretend that Britain is, you know, not complicit. Like these countries and these societies are really built on a system of institutionalized racism. It's mm-hmm. just, a, that's a fact of, that's just a fact. You can't argue against it because Britain, yeah. look, you you had a whole empire right and you love to say and gloat about the fact that y'all had this massive empire and you had like what some was it like 50 percent of the entire world or something at its greatest mass in history lessons in the british educational system but when you when you actually want to talk about the consequences of that colonialism y'all are quiet so <laughs> So Honestly, I mean, it's so funny. The U- it's so funny. Like, the U- wow. America so and time. the United Kingdom, they're built on the backs of their slave trade and colonial empires. And that's just a fact. That's, you can't argue against that, so as to say. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like the same thing with, you know, the indigenous people in the United yeah. States, like the Native Americans. They, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah uh, we stole all your land and we used people of color to, you know, help us grow our, you know, our empires, basically. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. I don't know if you saw, if you guys saw that um, video by Tamika Mallory. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an activist who's been very vocal about the whole Black Lives Matter movement. She said, American people, like Black people have learned looting from white people don't talk to me about looting we learned it from you because america looted black people america looted indigenous people if you want us to do better if you want us not to fight fire with fire you do better and i think that was so powerful when she said that because that that is that is really what like what else can you say you know in in order for in order for your your cause to even be seen, you have to resort to a place where people are like, oh, but property damages are now involved, you know? <laughs> because because people are, people, especially with this looting thing, people just love to say like, if you guys protested pe- peacefully, we just reach a resolution so much sooner. When people were protesting peacefully, y'all shot them with rubber bullets and you did nothing, nothing. Honestly? You know what? Colin Kaepernick took a knee four years ago and you fired him. So what now? Colin Kaepernick took a knee. That was unacceptable. <laughs> you protested in a human chain with, with banners up. Nothing. Just they standing burned. in solidarity. Nothing. Look, white people burnt Nikes, right? To protest Colin Na- Kaepernick taking the knee because he was sponsored by Nike. Can you imagine? They didn't advert on Colin Kaepernick taking the knee and they were like, wow. Like yeah, I'm burning all my trainers, all my all my shirts, all my all my joggers, you know, I'm burning all of them. And now they're complaining about everything and burning buildings and stealing and stealing stuff. Like, are you serious? Really? Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's, it's yeah. People it's are like talking that. about about problems that aren't even really the actual root of the issue right now. Like they're trying to use excuses to cover up the actions. I, I love that looting is such a massive problem now. Guys, we live in Britain, yeah, for most of the year, anyway. Have you guys heard of a little thing called um, the British Museum? Y'all want to talk about looting? White people want to talk about <laughs> get Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm mad. 
Give back your looted items, okay? Fam, fam, y'all even stole the word loot from my people. Loot, that comes from South Asia, okay? That word, you guys took it from us. You even stole the damn word. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. My sister and I were just talking about... um, Okay, I overheard my sister talking to a friend about um, the power of the sister and I were talking about. Yeah. We were in a conversation. Actually, I was just eavesdropping. (laughs) I would keep talking, but I was like, yo, let's do this, let's do this. <laughs> but, yeah, we okay, Chris Jenner, she's managing her. I was like, yo, drop this in, name drop me, tell me, tell them I said this. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. But yeah, yeah get her, they, get her uh, how apps. Language <laughs> it's just like, they code everything to, so that every single word that they they say that could be steeped in racism, that we know is steeped in racism, they'll say, no, this is what I meant. This is what I said. Don't take my words out of context. But then they'll be complaining when um, um, black people or people of color use the same words and they'll say that it's violent and it's aggressive and they're insinuating this and this. And it's like, okay, so what were you insinuating when you said this? Okay? Absolutely. Like, what were you insinuating? <laughs> I think, crazy. I think you, you can't ignore the fact that um, people of color are so much ease, uh, more easily demonized. You know, if a white person has a very controversial statement, it's always, especially in the media, you, you see them saying like, you know, um, someone's discretion or I'm very sorry. That's what they focus on. If a person of color fucks up, like it's just like this destruction of their entire character of their reputation etc and it doesn't even matter if that wasn't the context of what they were saying it's just simple simply because the the reputations i think that are built for people of color are so much more shaky because it's easier to climb the ladder when you're a white person especially in the western world of course right this is a specific issue for the western world i think when you live in multicultural societies but yeah (sighs) but why why do you guys think it took the murder of george floyd to get people talking at this level i think because of coronavirus you know I'm sorry to bring yeah, up I think the C word, you know? It's all, it's all a bit sensitive right now, but Corona, she really did something. My girl Rona, she Everyone's did that. Yeah, everyone is just, you know, fed up. We, yeah. We've seen, what's it called, two weeks before this, white people storming Capitol buildings with artillery, like, literally automatic rifles, Yo. storming capital buildings and demanding the right to go outside and get a haircut and get tattoos and go to the beach are you serious no dude what do you mean they were just they were just using their right of freedom of speech what do you mean that's fine that's allowed they're using their second amendment you know right to their arms they can do that but they can do that but when you when a black person wants to say yeah Small outrage, it, emphasis it on small. small. You know, it started small, and then everyone was like, "Why are you talking about this?" And it's like, "Okay, so we've got time. We've got time because everyone's at home. So let's actually do something important. We're gonna have to start this whole process again. We have to start the protest again." Yeah. Really, I I think it's also just abysmal, <laughs> the fact that it's haircuts and human rights. That's what 
the conversation is. People yeah. have the freedom to protest about their right to get a haircut and go out to brunch. But when you want to talk about, hey, maybe you shouldn't be killing us for the color of our skin, that's a problem. Yeah, the fact that it's we're even comparing. It's ridiculous. You know, mundane it's, things like that to police brutality yeah. is and crazy. The fact that those are the things we have to compare. It's ridiculous, it's and honestly, it's it's offensive to the people that have died, like George Floyd, like Breonna Taylor, like Ahmad Arbery, like you know. Mm-hmm. And we say that like, okay, he, he was arrested. He died because of a forged check or a forged um or a fake twenty dollar. Twenty dollar. He did not die. Did you guys of that. see? Did you guys see the other guy who? Did you guys see the Sorry? other guy? The other guy who had the same thing but he was white but he talks about it as at parties and everyone has a laugh about it but yeah. george floyd had yeah. to fucking die because of it like yeah. it's just ridiculous like it just shows it screams yeah. how unfair people are in this world and it's just it's detrimental like i'm just like i'm just fucking shocked like at how like this had to happen in order for everyone to speak about it to make a difference and it just angers me so much like even 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 in the uk like if you want to draw an example like shafika said about a white person doing something and and a person of color a black person doing the same thing but getting you know having to have such a negative thing happen to them uh look what happened with uh i forget her last name but belly the the black woman who worked for the, um, was it TFL or was it the? Mugina? Yeah. Yeah. She got spat on by a man claiming to have coronavirus. And she, and, and that also happened to a white man. And he is, uh, the person who did it is facing charges, who did it to the white man. But the people who did it to her, they're walking fine. They're just chilling, yeah. you know? It's crazy. There was also a police officer that was spat on. And the guy who spat on the police officer is obviously arrested. (laughs) So it's it's just like the levels of disparity between the treatment of lives of black people and the treatment of lives of everyone else is just like, okay. It's it's just, okay, once again. But especially with coronavirus, because it's literally biological warfare. That's it's ridiculous. Ooh. How are you talking with a bi- with a respiratory respiratory disease? Girl, I got asthma. I can't, I can't deal with that. <laughs> because they told you to buy a ticket. Because what was the reason? Because they were How doing their job. Exactly. People die every day for doing their job simply because no. they're not working. Absolutely. And also, just I mean. Side note, people are so stupid. Did you see at like <laughs> at the beginning of this corona thing, people were licking like things in the supermarket and as a prank, yeah. as a joke. Well, like hun, why? Like <laughs> do hun. something better yeah. with your time. Go watch Remember some Netflix. That, there was that girl or that guy that got arrested because they were licking ice cream a couple of years ago. They licked ice cream oh in, my a, gosh, in a I remember supermarket that. and they put the ice cream tug back. <laughs> It's just wild. Like, is this what we're doing now? Yeah. Yeah. This oh my god, do you remember, this- guys? Do you remember when um, Ariana Grande licked a donut? 
yeah she that was like a whole thing as well <laughs> oh my god people That's just need crazy. to keep their tongues in their mouth period <laughs> I'll die. I'm sorry. My hygiene levels are too high. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Someone else is licking yeah. doorknobs and like, I think car, like door handles around like North London. Can you just, can, can y'all just go and eat breakfast? Like what, what is this? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think going yeah, back to how Corona has affected, you know, you know, the events that have been happening the last mm. week is that I think part of it is also just like people are tired of being pent up in their house and, yeah. you know, feeling like they can't do anything, mm. you know, other yeah. than, you know, watch, you know, Netflix or work from home or like, et cetera, et cetera, you know? And so I don't know, maybe they just like feel like they need to be a part of something again and feel like a part of a community, you know? Yeah, and when your community is at risk, obviously you're going to sit up. Because, oh, yeah. because you know what? Listen, coronavirus is still a global pandemic. And don't get me wrong, the U.S., I believe, is still number one in oh, the number yeah, of bro. cases and deaths. <laughs> but yeah. listen, guys, the fact that systemic racism against Black people is the real disease in the United States of America today... To the point where people really are like, all right, you know what, coronavirus, I'm going to wear a mask, but I'm going to go out and protest. I'm here for it. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. People Mm. are literally risking their lives knowing that even if they do go to a hospital with these symptoms, they will be discriminated. Those are your essential workers. Clap for them. Literally. We have to clap for NHS every week, but the people in the NHS are dying because the government doesn't want to give them PPE. Because they refuse to switch vulnerable people. Yeah, did you see, like, before um, everything happened with George Floyd, like, there were, like, all these, like, news, um, all the, all these, like, media, all the media coverage coming out of the U.S. was obviously about nothing other than coronavirus. And a lot of it was about healthcare workers and the fact that they didn't have access to PPE. And there were literally people in, like, garbage bags. <laughs> in in the healthcare services yeah. because they didn't have access to anything else so you can tell me that you know what we don't have enough money to help our healthcare workers they have to wear garbage bags to you know help the sickly and um prevent the spread of coronavirus but you guys are not going to defund the police look at look at the images of like the national guard stepping in and everything they look is this the transformers like what's going on looking like they came straight out of halo like what what is this yeah it's a little bit ridiculous they yeah i think i I saw a meme that was sorry i hit i you know i'm bringing memes into the conversation but memes are um, always relevant yeah um saying um that wow canada must feel like they live like they're they're the upstairs neighbors of like a meth lab or something yeah pretty much you know but i'm not gonna lie i saw that and i was like wait a couple of hours ago i saw this picture i saw this video that wasn't even viral yet it wasn't viral yet until that tweet came out and people were like putting under but I saw a video of this guy saying that his cousin or something was pushed off a balcony in Canada. What? Literally, what? she was pushed off a balcony and her body was sitting in the in the front area oh of the apartment complex 
for Great. hours and they hadn't come to bring an ambulance or anything. Like the police had just covered her body and they were leaving. So yeah, she was so pushed not, off like so many let's stories. Let's not pretend like, Canada has it any better. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, that's the narrative we really have to change. We need to stop being like, <laughs> that's a review. But it is a funny meme anyway. It's still five out exactly. of five. <laughs> so chaos. I'd recommend so it to a friend. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's um, on my top ten. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we really have to change this narrative of the fact that you know what America's always been crazy. That's such an American problem. It's really not. It mm-hmm. really isn't. Like it's yeah. if you because like, America has their fingers everywhere. They're causing the crazy everywhere else, and they're exactly. inviting the crazy everywhere else. <laughs> they're causing people to be like, you know what? I can play this crazy game too because every single time I've been saying I've been losing out. So let's play this crazy game too. Like. I wouldn't wouldn't say that America is responsible. I mean, there is a lot of culpability on America's part for a lot of things happening in global affairs. But I don't think what I mean to say is, you know, like I said, racism is a global issue. And in the Western world, especially black people's lives across the board, it doesn't matter if you're in the UK, Australia, Canada, the US, black people are not treated the same as white people and even Mm. other ethnic minorities that is a fact of the matter Mm. so we have to change this narrative and i don't know like it's it's really it it seems funny to people to be all like haha glad i'm not in the u.s but sis look at your own doorstep (laughs) can you sorry i was wondering can you guys um uh it's okay uh i was wondering if you guys can like speak to like your own communities like outside of the u.s because i mean i have my own perspective as an american like as Mm -hmm. a white person you know oh my god you're white yeah really (laughs) dude what no way way. (laughs) (laughs) yeah no right You know, but I was just wondering, like, were, could you guys speak to, like, your own communities and your own, like, nations and stuff, you mm-hmm. know? It would be a good, you know. Of course. Uh, and I think, I I think this has, I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Shafika, but for me and particularly the Desi South Asian community, this has been a really big transitional mm-hmm. kind of um time where I think, like, a lot of us can just sit down and reflect on our views on Black people and Mm-hmm. why we have anti-blackness and colorism just ingrained in our communities you know i i i secret that brown people they see people you know we love black people but we have so much bullshit there's no other word for it in like ingrained <laughs> in us like why are there so many people particularly guys brown guys who use the n-word they use mm-hmm. excuses like, I'm not white though. My boy lets me use it. I grew up yeah. the same, so I get it. Like your proximity mm-hmm. to a community in terms of both location and also like referring to affection, that doesn't necessarily make you privy to all of the experiences of that community, let alone mm-hmm. be belong to it, right? Like statistically, as a brown person, you're still less likely to be stopped by a cop, for example, than a black mm-hmm. person, you yeah. know? And beyond that, if you think about, like, our beauty ideals, the thing that has guided our beauty ideals for so long is fair and lovely. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know about this cream. 
it's called fair and lovely and that's literally it sums up the beauty ideals in south asia for the longest mm-hmm. time we we view blackness and darkness as something unappealing to the point where we even have like the word kala in bengali in hindi etc etc mm-hmm. or kalu refers to black and it's used in a very negative way you know even if somebody is dark skin in your family you'd be like oh otokala like in a in a very negative way and then in the west you see like brown people they have discomfort around black people because mm-hmm. they buy into this thug narrative belief you know that black people are thugs they're violent and then yeah. so many things like even in our relationships when you know a a brown girl is dating a black guy she's always like there's always a talk of like oh but what about like what will your family say and there's mm-hmm. so many layers to unlocking this and just because you're a person of color you know i think we talk a lot about like white people need to do better brown people need to do better people of color need to do better and as mm-hmm. a person of color i'm saying that not just because i have black friends but as a fucking human being you know mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we really need to address the fact that there's all of this ingrained in us and it's not even because of our colonial history that is in part a lot of it because we are in the process of decolonizing our um mindsets a lot but like the model minority myth for example you know we have to adhere to standards by like set and markers set by like white people and people who basically are the descendants of our colonizers like you have to be brown but not brown brown enough like you know like you can be brown but you have to tone it down in professional like capacities like people like Preeti Patel for example she's the home secretary of Britain but she she is like an adherent of white validation you know she even said it's patronizing and insulting to be called or labeled a black minority ethnic group so there are so many layers dude and i feel like this especially not just for people who are desi and asian living in um the western world but even outside that is such a good way to kind of have this conversation not just amongst young people but even with our you know um the older generations yeah because this is this because this is like you know people people have this ingrained in us and yeah it's a cultural thing that it's it's hard to break things that are culturally you know that because uh, it takes generations for it to you know to you know be separate to be good mm-hmm. to be away from their culture yeah mm-hmm. but i but I would, you know I would... i'm not just saying, even you know in america in your you know in your case of like you know in you know your the brown communities and such yeah it takes yeah takes a long but time not, but i also don't think it's even just a cultural issue i think it's a lot of like Mm-mm. the media narratives that are sold to you you know yeah, yeah. that's a good point like, yeah. tv and I know, movies i know friends of mine who have literally been having conversations with their parents and they're like yeah that's not gonna happen or they've like gotten arguments with their grandparents their aunties i know specifically one of my friends i went to school with she's um darker than her family members her hair is curly like she can't brush it and otherwise it goes completely frizzy and poofy yeah. and she's she's absolutely beautiful 
but she mentioned mm-hmm. that her what's it called relatives of hers would be like oh why don't you straighten your hair mm-hmm. why don't you um use this cream you know you'd look so much prettier if you look like this but blah, blah. it's like that you know that already the anti-blackness with and the colorism within the community yeah. is from is already ingrained just within the societies and you have that mm-hmm. with nigerian communities as well because i'm nigerian and i know it's it's so bad with the number of lightning Koreans and people who yeah. have almost pushed themselves to suicide because they thought they were too dark or they thought they weren't attractive enough to their peers because they mm-hmm. had dark skin, their hair wasn't too kinky, you know? It's all yeah. these things. Yeah. Unless you sort it out in the community first, it's so hard to address outside, but it also we're dying because of our because of um, the outside opinions of us, which reinforce um, our community values. Because how are you gonna say that, okay, this person got hired because they look like this. I'm gonna have to change myself so I can get hired because mm-hmm. you know they're not gonna accept me. Yeah. It's all these different yeah. things where it only compounds into each other if we don't sort out the problems outside as well as inside. Because it's just, yeah. it's too tough. People shouldn't have to, critique their very existence to be accepted by people around them yeah and I think I think like I mentioned about the standards and markers being set by white people not I shouldn't even say just white people but like the colonizers that were in our countries that weren't necessarily always white I should say they set these standards and we still try we we still feel the scars of trying to adhere to them you know I think something when we talk about people of color being allies especially asians and i i speak for south asians of the bangladeshi when i say this when when we talk about you know being an ally for black people we have to realize the only reason that we're not treated like our black counterparts is because we learned how to you know exist in these western societies without being um demonized because like i said we learned how to be brown but not too brown we learned what to do to get you know um hired and that is a lot of times a product of assimilation which is not just assimilation but annihilation of your foreignness your otherness you know and preeti patel is like a really good example of that she just that woman wants to be white (laughs) so I think personally, like a lot of people who are in power and some people, especially in these, like in the college communities who I know, especially for like Southeast Asians, they try and have this, like, I guess they are so engrossed in this like Western culture that they like tend to adhere to whatever they're doing. And Mm -hmm. I know, especially in Malaysia, we've had so many like situations where we've combated like colorism in Malaysia specifically. And I think there's an unspoken thing where people constantly like think it's okay to let these situations happen to people. And as a Malaysian, like I'm, I'm not going to say like I'm completely innocent in it because I know from my like even people in my family, like they've said like really horrible things and I don't stand by it. I really think, especially when it comes to being Asian, like Madhuri, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like when it comes to like speaking to your family, like you, 
you don't want to say something that will offend you your elders. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they say something that offends you, you can't really fight You just that. take it. You yeah. take it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's, it's really, really difficult. And, you know, I think uh, one of the biggest things that people say is just like, it's not that big a deal. Like, yeah, I'll use like, you know, with brown people on the use of the n-word yeah i use it but like i don't mean it like you know in an offensive way so what's the issue the issue is that the word doesn't belong to you it's simple as that like don't use it i don't i don't understand why why do you want to use this word so bad like there's so many other words yeah, what that compels you, can use. you to use such a what compels you to yeah. and it's like if black people can use it why can't i Shut up! You're not black. Exactly. Look at what do you what do you gain? I don't understand. Like, why would you spend more time and energy arguing about why you can use a word that black people? It's such a charged word for black people. Why do you want to mm. use it? Why? <laughs> I don't understand. I just don't understand. But yeah, it's there are so many so many conversations we need to be having because it's not enough to say you know what i have black friends you know i have black peers i like them so i must be non-racist you're just just being not racist or non-racist isn't enough you have to stand up for their rights especially when you see them being persecuted in the societies that you live in like if i can stand up for black rights i would expect my black brothers and sisters to do the same for me right Mm-hmm. And I know that they would. I know Shayo would. So that's oh. why it's give and take, you know? It's give and take. Brown What's people, that? wake up. Asian people, wake up. Mm-hmm. White people, wake up. <laughs> Girl, we've been saying that. Girl, we've been saying that. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. It's like, yeah. I think 100%. this is an extremely good way to transi- transition into the topic of people saying like all lives matter and why mm-hmm. that's an issue because i feel like especially on social media and especially with this black lives matter um spark that's happening right now becoming kind of a social media flex like why 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 do you think that saying all lives matter is an issue guys um i mean it's not where really to start hand right now you know like <laughs> um, we're tackling we're dealing with the death of george floyd right so yeah he was mur- murdered he was killed why are you then talking about how your life matters exactly <laughs> it's so like, simple what goes through your head to it's be like so simple it's that simple that's it exactly. that's it any other hashtag you had you had yesterday to say this not you know, to hijack else's space and time in order to get your point across if you wanted to be heard you make yourself hurt i don't understand that why are you objecting to something being said when it involves you do you know what i mean it's- it it doesn't involve you, I mean. Like, it's really not relevant to you. Why do you go and put yourself in that space, distract mm-hmm. from the message, and yeah. then 
center yourself so that you can say, oh no, you're being racist, blah, blah, you're being discriminatory, you're not taking, Mm -hmm. you're not knowing that more people, blah, blah, like, it's completely irrelevant. This is not your space, it's not your time. Go away. Do you know what I mean? It's very obvious that all lives matter, but if all lives matter, and if all lives mattered to the Mm -hmm. police, to the government, then people would not be saying Black Lives Matter. We've had evidence we see it yeah. every day how mm-hmm. people are discriminated. So don't come and bring your irrelevant comments to come exactly. and distract from the point. No one has time to argue with you. I'm so it's, sorry yeah. because Shayo, you're spitting straight facts, no printer. But you kept, matter, you kept saying matter. You kept saying matter, and I just kept hearing matter. like that that one video from the protests in Hyde Park <laughs> saying black lives, <laughs> black lives matter. Oh my gosh, don't respect my people. Stop it. Like, why is people have like rights, this? Okay. Really? No way. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like, I can't be saying shit like that. I'm on a visa. I'm on a visa, guys. <laughs> They'll kick you out. Don't worry. Like, don't make this, a, like, don't make this about you. When, like, when I say that, I, like, I mean, like, don't put your ego into this narrative and, like, dilute this, like, important message. This movement is going to be, like, 100% more authentic if you don't just blindly repost what's out there. But, like, Rather than just blindly reposting, act upon it. Don't just hide behind your phone and just be like, okay, I've done my part. Posted a black screen. I'm fine. I, I've done my like I've done my part for the community. Like, no, you haven't. Like mm. when Instagram was flooding with all of these like black squares, I was like Yeah. I think because especially the ones like oh hashtag black lives matter because it completely disrupted how people were getting their information everyone was like stop Mm. using the black lives matter hashtag because you're Mm. just watering down the feed where people are getting their information and people are trying to stay safe it's crazy Mm. because there was a specific hashtag and everyone was like you know what no do you know do you know what i i think it is I think it is really also important to, I don't think people are being disingenuous when they say mm-hmm. they care or that black, like yeah. they're st- taking the stand. I, I honestly think people are being genuine and they mean it. They do care about black people and Black Lives Matter and they are appalled at the murder specifically of George Floyd because that is kind of what sparked everything. Um, <clears throat> but I think what the issue is with you know, what is essentially performative activism is that it's performative. That's all it is. It's superficial. It doesn't go beyond that. You put it, you put up a post and then you're like, all right, you know, I've, I've, I've raised awareness for this to the extent that I can, which is if you're just putting up one post, like you're doing the bare minimum guys, come yeah, on. But like, yeah, raising awareness is one thing. And then actually doing action is completely different, because, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And if you talk about where we're, not, where we are right now, everyone is aware of the issue. Your one mm-hmm. black square isn't going to raise uh, more awareness yeah. than all of the 50 others that's on your feed right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. So when you're posting yeah. like that, it's kind of hard not to see it as anything other than social media flex. Like the thing you, that I had the issue with was that yeah. people posting the black squares and then they weren't like post like adding links to like how, where where you can donate, like where you can yeah. sign petitions and like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like who you can text and like to for change. You added nothing. You added nothing. 
you literally added nothing but a black square. <laughs> but men said, turn off your TV. That's it. Pause <laughs> this show. <laughs> like, okay, let me take a camera. Like, let me take a <laughs> I think I think what the issue is with with you know performative um, activism and also beyond that, saying things like you know, all lives matter, sorry, all lives matter, (laughs) (laughs) is like, it's really, okay, show me in human history when all lives have mattered. Show me any, like, when. Just tell me when. Oh, yeah. If all lives have mattered, why do you, why do you think Black people have, have, you know, sat up and said, look, why do you think Black Lives Matter exists as a hashtag if all Mm -hmm. lives matter? Like, girl, Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's, it's really not, it's gotten to a point where I think as a person of color, I feel this. And obviously, show you, you can tell me if you feel this as a Black person. But it's really gotten past the point of just like educating yourself. Because mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't say, oh, I wish that people educated themselves better. I wish that people knew more. How can you sit here when all the resources are available to you now and not be aware of what's going on? People who say things like, I can't believe racism still exists. Oh, I didn't realize it was still so bad in the US. How? How? Yeah, Yeah, it's often hard, especially when you live in, um, in America because places are so different. Like there are some yeah, places there's... where there's literally no white people in certain in certain states or certain mm. towns or yeah certain and cities certain... and stuff yeah and then there's places like Atlanta where it's eighty percent um like almost eighty percent just black people and it's like mm-hmm. the difference between those places yeah the reason why there's such a difference between the those places racially and you know economically is because of the north and south side and the fact that in the south there were slaves there for longer than there was in other parts of the country so those like big black communities where you're like okay you you can see every day other black people around you being abused and the white people that are there are often privy to it they're the ones you know calling people they're the ones being the karens you know they're the ones being the what's the real version of a karen now i don't even know there was this guy, someone said it was a bob or something. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Oh, that's <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah, there are so many people calling on black people and it's like, okay, that's not racist though. I'm just trying to protect my community. From what? From who? What are they doing? And then it's like, okay, you go to the major, you know, like Los Angeles, New York, um, different places and you're like, okay, there are so many different people that's so that's such a diverse community where it's like okay it's mm-hmm. less black people more white people a lot of asian people like you can see the different types of people there but you also know that there is still a lot of police brutality because you see it every day on the streets there's more homelessness there's different levels of poverty you can see it like there it's shown in different ways how the state is failing people of color but mm. people still love to be ignorant about it and say, oh, no, it's but, fine. Everyone is so wealthy. But you never but go my... like five minutes past that place. For what reason? You never go five but, minutes past this part of your neighborhood. For what reason? 
And I, I completely acknowledge that. I understand that, um, particularly in the US, even in the UK, there are a lot of communities that, you know, are just very homogenous in terms of race. You don't really have a lot of um, multicultural communities like you have in London. Like you wouldn't see that across the board and all over the country, you know. Mm -hmm. But my issue with this, I think, is that Dude, I'm a I'm a person who is not from the Western world and I live in the West, right? Mm-hmm. I live in Bangladesh and there aren't a lot of black people there. But just and even beyond the fact that I know black people personally, I care, you know? I care. It doesn't have to be personal for you to care. You don't have to think about, oh, well, I have a black neighbor, or I have a black friend, or I have a black um, you know, colleague. Why does it have to be that level of now it's personal and now I will care? If you yeah, can see so it on the news so and you can see it in your in your yeah. academic studies, you can see it practically everywhere. We have to really do better to step outside the bubble we live in because there are lots of communities that I also don't interact with in my life, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I want to care about their well-being too. That's what it means to care about human rights. Like, yeah. not... <laughs> It's just like it's just empathy, but just like down to compassion. Like how, like it's just how can you not, you know? Exactly. It's, it's just yeah. It's yeah. I think and people find it so far away from them and so separated from their reality because they're just dis- disillusioned about the world they live in. It's not even Absolutely. just like ignorance. Like they'll know it's happening, and they'll be like, "It's happening," but it's not happening near me. So Absolutely. there's nothing I can do. Okay. Like, it's that level of disillusion and detachment mm-hmm. from the society you live in that it's quite baffling. Like, how much more needs to happen? Does it have to happen in your face? That's why, That's why you know, when people share those videos of police brutality happening and the p- videos of, like, people actually dying and being mm-hmm. brutalised, people bleeding, and it's like, I, like, how many times do we have to go through this? Especially as a Black person, when I see those videos, I'm thinking... I've already seen this. Why is this popping up on my timeline? Why is this viral now? Why am I having to watch this day in, day out? People being in three words, we've been you. Exactly. We've been you, and it's just irrelevant trauma porn. But people find a way to say, no, we need this. (sighs) We need this to, you know, realize what's going on. Otherwise, no one's going to know. They know. Everyone knows. Everyone wants to be performative because they will retweet that trauma porn, traumatize other people, right? And they will go on about their day. They'll retweet it, they'll like it, they'll share it, and then they'll be like, okay, that's me done. I've done my bit for the day. No, it's ridiculous. Like, how I don't know how you can feel so distant from it. It's happening next door to you. The police have just burst into someone's house and shot someone, or they burst into someone's house because their light was on and they're like, oh, who's in here? Maybe they're being burgled. Your neighbor has tipped someone off because they're walking down the street at 1 a.m., walking their mm. dog, jogging, mm. whatever they were doing, your neighbor tipped someone off, and you don't realize that that's happening. I think that's an issue for you personally. That sounds like a personal issue. It's really <laughs> a personal problem, like, <laughs> Yeah, but I really think it's it's that distance that we can put in between it's that desensitization that we do, you know, by putting mm-hmm. distance between 
what's on the news and what's happening, even if it's next door. And as yeah. someone who, you know, <clears throat> Shafiq, I don't know if you can relate to this, but, you know, as someone who is not from, again, the Western world, but living in the West, you know, mm-hmm. I've also seen on my timeline people talking about, why aren't you talking about Palestine? Why aren't you talking about, you know, Hong Kong? Why aren't you doing this? And I mean, that those issues are equally important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. think that detracts from what's going on right now. With that being said, I do think the fact that Black Lives Matter and this movement is happening in the Western world, it does bring about the question, why, why do people feel more comfortable about talking about what happens in the West, but not outside that? And that's how exactly. I feel as someone like that, yeah. you know? Because, you know, we're talking about Black Lives Mattering in the United States of America, we're talking about it in the United Kingdom, but you know, like there was a guy named Anderson Arbodella and he was, he, he faced similar treatment. He's a black man in Colombia. And that just happened mm-hmm. as well. How, how did you hear that name before, guys? Anderson yeah. Arbodella. Yeah, see, like, I, I have actually. See, it's it's like one one person out of four. And it's we just need to be it's not even we have to educate ourselves. We have to stay informed. It's we ha- we have to care. We just mm-hmm. need to care, guys. And there's that lack of empathy and that lack of I don't care. It's not cute on my Instagram feed. So why should I care about anything? It's that. Mm-hmm. Like we need as 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 I don't know what to say as a generation, as a people, as a fucking species to just care more about each other and what's going on in the world. Yeah. It's hard because you never pay attention to it. It's not it's not something you think about in your everyday life, okay. People dying. What do I do about it? You think about okay. People dying. Wake up in the morning. People <laughs> what dying. Yo. <laughs> what am I going to eat for lunch? Like sometimes, depending on your position, especially as a black, as a black person, as a black woman, and mm-hmm. as someone who has a disability, I know my position. Like if mm-hmm. I get sick, I know. Okay, I need to go to the hospital. How fast will they treat me? How how mm-hmm. well will they pay attention to my illness? That's something that's always on my mind. I'm, mm-hmm. It's always present. Like okay. We should. I need to be advocating for people who are in a similar position to me. But for people who don't experience those different struggles and those different exits, um, the different intersections of discrimination, it's hard to present that in your everyday life. And we need to remind ourselves that other people mm-hmm. exist in the world with us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think. I think as people who fall into, I shouldn't even say minority groups because obviously like when Shafika, you're in Malaysia and when I'm in Bangladesh, we're not minority groups in our own country. But Mm -hmm. as people of color, as people who have been disenfranchised by the narrative of world history, I should say, it's, I think we're more privy to where our systems have failed us, you know? If you have mm-hmm. a disability, you realize my institution is not going to really do the best that it should do. As a exactly. person of color, you, re- you realize it's the failings that your institutions and governments and communities have um, allow you to um, experience more, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's really because, I don't know, dude, like world history was not written by those who were oppressed, right? But by the oppressors. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
people of color are in the process of decolonizing themselves and learning how like race like factors into our histories and institutions and like our societies and structures mm -hmm. but but I think a lot of white people and colonizers <laughs> I should say um they're just they're very comfortable with having written having history in the version that they had written mm -hmm. so. you know what I think is important the fact that while the decolonization process was going while colonization was going on the people who were educated in the in Europe in America and then they spoke out about it they were writing their own histories they were rewriting histories they were like okay this is what we need to talk about they were that's often, on post-colonialism <laughs> and that's on post-colonialism okay <laughs> they were often Wait, you know, Edward say, what did Edward say <laughs> Yeah, what did Edward say again? What did he say about Edward? <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. It's so, like, we get educated. Our first experience of, like, education where we can speak out and have it recognized by the West is in a Western institution. And then when you're silenced, it's like, okay, that was for, like, what was that for? Because I've not told anyone you might go back home and say, and then they'll be like, okay, but those people are paying us, so it doesn't really matter what you say, we still need money. And it's like, okay, what, what work needs to be done then? How do you get your message across? Like, we're educating ourselves and we're educating other people, but the fact is that they've made it so that when we try and protest, they have the power to blackmail us and punish us with things like embargoes, taxes, all of this, just because we're saying, okay, you know, we don't deserve to be treated like this. Can you please recognize that and treat us more fairly? And they'll be like, no, no maybe not. Maybe you not. Know what? <laughs> maybe we just I don't know. Like I'll pass. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bell Hooks. She's um, written quite a bit on uh, feminism and also intersectionality and a whole bunch. If you guys did sociology even a little bit, like you've probably come across her work. Mm -hmm. uh, but she she said something. She said something along the lines of like oppression, um, or to be oppressed means to be uh, deprived of your ability to choose. So, yeah. what is interesting is that even though people who face racism and face the, face the repercussions of colonialism don't, don't see it in an overt manner, like externally or in a tangible way, you know, we can still feel it because think about, think about having a story matter, right? Like Sheo said, it only matters once it's taught in Western institutions on a global level. World history is not world history. It's again fitting mm. into a narrative of primarily Western-centric, um, Eurocentric, egocentric <laughs> um, narratives that are, you know, given out. And it's just like, yeah. how do we matter? Yeah. How I mean, do we yeah. matter? Even um, how do we back okay. up? 
even in a, like going back to like education systems, like Shafika and I are both comparative literature students and mm-hmm. it's yeah. so Eurocentric. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, it's like all, all we read is basically like, you know, uh, translated European texts. Yeah. Like where, what about like, you know, Nigerian texts or, mm. you know, um, or like Japanese texts or, you yeah, know, exactly. like South Asian texts or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, ugh, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. And even, think, even think about like black history being taught as other, you know, or like South yeah, Asian yeah. history being taught as other. Why? Why? It's, it's, why? It's just, if, if you're talking in terms of global affairs and the world, why do stories of people of color and people who typically were colonized, why do they matter so much less to you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's on ignorance. <laughs> that's on white supremacy. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys mm-hmm. it's it, it really feels like america with three k's the series finale and um i don't know what do you what do you guys think is gonna come out of all of this um i'm kind of conflicted because so recently i'm not sure if it was yesterday or today that they showed the charges for the first mm. man that was arrested being put up to second degree murder. But it's all they've four also of them arrested, are arrested now. Yeah. They've arrested all four of them. And people are trying to get it pushed up to first degree again. I'm kind of conflicted because I feel like if the if it gets pushed up to first degree, they probably won't get convicted. Because you can get mm-hmm. you can get a charge, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they can get convicted and prosecuted and go to jail and serve any time. So mm-hmm. it's hard to find the balance within, like, okay, we need to give up now. Because it feels like, it would feel like we're giving up by not going for first degree wow. because we know that, we know Yo, that I... there's something more behind it, but we can't, we can't sacrifice the entire point of the movement, which is to get a conviction for us to say that, okay, it was first degree, but we, we can't, we don't know we can prove that. We don't know if the lawyers can prove that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, I love that you brought this up because it ties into something I wanted to talk about so wonderfully. I just love when that happens. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if you guys read Obama's statement. Did you? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, my boy. My, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> um, so he basically said uh, two really spark notes it to a disgraceful level (laughs) but he basically (laughs) said like you can like look at why people are protesting but also you you know to protest is not enough you also need to work with policy you need policy change and you need to participate in politics Mm -hmm. and i think vote vote people like exactly and (laughs) and like like shea was saying where do we stop and where do we you know where do we learn like that's enough and then start to work within the system that's what's a challenge i think right because we know these systems are corrupt and we know they uphold the status quo which is built on inequality but to make a difference and unfortunately you know for people like Preeti Patel (laughs) i'm sorry guys can you tell she really irks me (laughs) yeah we don't like her over here (laughs) listen it is it actually irks me that there are so many desi people and like 
black ethnic minority people that hold positions of power but really aren't for the people like they don't care like yeah we're here in spite of the fact which is true because you shouldn't be like my like i'm a brown person so i should get this job or something but if you have a platform you should use it but that's besides the point of what i was trying to say <laughs> um <laughs> put it in there Use your voice, yeah. yeah. Just a side note. <laughs> <laughs> in the, put it in the footnotes. <laughs> but yeah, but it's all about like working within the system, right? Because you need, mm-hmm. like Shay said, to vote. You need to kick people out who will uphold the status quo, and you need to yeah. elect people who will make a change. Like mm-hmm. it's not. It's protest is important, and that's your right. But that's mm-hmm. not enough. You also need to try to work within the system. And yeah. for people of color and Black people, that means working with white people. Mm. Unfortunately, if you want exactly. to say. <laughs> and that's why, and that's why we need them to be speaking out as well. And I love that exactly. Shay is here because we know that advocacy on behalf of other people, being an ally, being an advocate, doing things within your own community to help allow space and allow the voice of black communities and brown communities to be heard is mm-hmm. important because we can't just burst in there and be like listen to us you have to be like okay maybe we should listen to them yeah we need someone on our side saying okay can you please listen to them because this is something important you can't just be like listen to us listen to us and then be turned off you yeah. know let me let me Create use an analogy bridge, you know if you guys are like you're on a night out okay and you're in a you're in a, you're in a big Ooh. group of friends. <laughs> SU. You know what? Go SU. But imagine you're on a night out. You have some friends who are already inside the building, and you're mm-hmm. in line. Yeah. You go up to the bouncer, and the mm-hmm. bouncer's like, "I don't know. You're saying you got friends in there, but I can't let you in. If you have a friend inside already, that comes up. That's you, Shay, and says to the bouncer." <laughs> hey, um, you know, that's my friend, let them in. We're more likely to be let in, right? You have to work people in power. You have to work within the system. And that is not to say you shouldn't protest against it. And that is also not to say you should also just protest peacefully because listen, there is no right way to protest. You can't be telling people who are fucking angry and frustrated how to protest, okay? Exactly. And how many times in history have you ever seen a peaceful protest make a real difference? Be honest right now. Because mm-hmm. honestly, Martin Luther King, yeah, people get in literally spraying water cannons and they're like, you know yeah. what, it's enough. Yeah. It's enough. And it looks like photographs. Market- like people, the photographs that um, from the protests have looked like they could be in one of my textbooks from the civil rights movement. It's like it's history in the saying, making. You know, yeah. it's history in the it's making. It's history, history in the making. And but, like without without the Black Panthers, without Malcolm X, there really wouldn't have been the civil rights act in me, place like, after the death ex- of MLK because there wasn't enough to just exactly push exactly even even Martin Luther King himself was like you have to do you have to do anything that you can and there's only mm. i forget what he said so i'm paraphrasing but Is he said possible? like there's like a point yeah. where peaceful protest only does so much you know mm. and it's true yeah because he said look, the right l- is l- the voice l- of the unheard wow 
academia guys and that's on <laughs> academics that's on academics yeah but i mean it's dude it's it's so simple how can you on the on the topic of looting and like violence in this context like looting violence and all this but i'm not i'm by no means du- justifying violence please don't get don't get it twisted but how can you be like oh my god i can't believe people are being violent and like protesting in this way like people are fucking angry they're fighting fire with fire they've been treated like shit and now they're giving pe- they're giving the institution a taste of their own medicine yeah you know? the one thing i i had a conversation with is um so my um my uncle is a police officer and he um i had a conversation with him like um like a week ago you know and about when kind of when um the looting and um after the looting in seattle had happened mm-hmm. and um yeah i'm from the that area if you guys didn't if people okay. didn't know but um so uh, and I was asking him, like, who are usually the looters? Like, who are the people who, you know, are, you know, is it like the homeless people? Because there's a huge homelessness issue in Se- the yeah. Seattle area. And he's like, yes, and yeah, but also some people just want to take advantage of these protests. And yeah, absolutely. And are like, and one, like people, like, I, I think I remember hearing like the protests in Minneapolis, the, uh, the city where um, George Floyd was killed, um, like 80% of the people at the protests and riots were outside of the city. Mm. From outside. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and I think That's it's also important to mention that there it feels like, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist and all this, but I feel like <laughs> there are literally undercover, <laughs> undercover people being paid to start um, looting because it's a trend. Like, there was a video and it was confirmed by the man's wife that this man was an undercover police officer and he was going around wearing black. He was wearing an, he was wearing an umbrella. He's wearing all black and a huge gas mask over his face. And he was spray painting buildings and breaking stuff. And he was proven to be an undercover police officer. And we know that there's undercover police in the protest because like of what's going on on social media. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's these people that going around with dressed like all black, having skateboards and having like actual glass breakers. They have weapons. That's all the same. And they're going around breaking stuff and looting and destroying property. And it's like, what? What? You know what's what? the reason? Like, they're actually Dude. trying to make this worse than it is. And I, John, I don't want to John Boyega. It's like, what is going on? Dude, John Boyega in Hyde Park yesterday was like, mm-hmm. you know, we have to protest peacefully. You guys can't act a fool right now because they're looking for us to slip up. They're looking yeah. for us to make a mistake so they can demonize us. And that mm-hmm. is you know i'm not gonna sit here and say oh all the protesters are acting peaceful and all of this stuff it is a fact of the matter that some people are acting fool and and there are people who are taking the piss who have no intention of or any uh, alliance to this cause at all whatsoever who are just like i want a pair of jays like you know what i mean there are mm-hmm. there are people across the board but because they are in the same crowd of people they're being uh, identified as the same people do you get me 
Like yeah. they're being uh-huh. painted with a broad brush. They're like all the looters, all the thieves, all of these people are the same thing. The people who are acting angrily and who are doing it to make a statement, I can't sit here and say, oh, oh my God, like stop, that's crazy. Because you can't loot something from stolen land. Like you can't loot something. Oh my God, wow. That's land. You can't steal on stolen land. Because what what has been who is making a statement? They're making a statement, right? In this way, it is. It's a statement. It's a political statement, and Mm -hmm, it's the only. It's really the only thing that resonates with people who treat property as a priority over the lives of black people and people of color. It's bro. Shao sent me this thing like a few days ago, and it was like, bro, my mind exploded. The reason white people are so mad at the destruction of property is because and she read this in like an academic thing or something she was like black and brown bodies have been considered property for 500 years that's why exactly. it pisses them off so right. much exactly. and we were when i read it Cheo, i was like girl it's true like that's on literally that's literally on white supremacy that's on colonialism that's on slavery oh my god guys what else it's on i just found the mlk quote so everybody who's like peaceful protest listen to mlk listen to this freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor it must be demanded by the oppressed and if you're going to tell me like you standing around with your signs is enough because that was definitely enough when Trayvon Martin died. That was enough when Tamir Rice died. That, that was enough mm. when Eric Garner said the same words George Floyd said and died. Like, you're going to say that's enough to sit with a sign, yeah? But here we are today in 2020. George Floyd has lost his life and people are mad. They're fucking mad. And that people are sitting up and talking about it. You can't say nonviolent protest doesn't have results. I'm not advocating for violence. Let me make that completely clear again. But you can't say it doesn't have results. Yeah. For real, it's true. Nonviolent process gives results, but it's violence that makes people react and give us what we demand. It's the only way. When you, when your, when your value system, when your entire um, economic system is founded on the value of property, why would we not protest by destroying your property? Because that's the only way you'll pay attention. The property that we work to maintain, the property that black bodies and brown bodies are used to maintain, you want to say that we can't destroy it. When, what are you doing? All you do is own it. All you do is own it. What's our stake in it? How are we losing out? All these companies saying that, that when um, their properties are looted and broken and white people are speaking up like, oh, aren't you... You can't, you can't break their properties. These people have worked hard to do it. And they're coming out saying, you know, we can rebuild a building. You can't replace a life. You cannot no, replace a life. And, that's, and that is on the Bangladeshi. Guys, keep in mind, Bangladeshi immigrant who um, started that restaurant called Gandhi Mahal. That's a Bangladeshi guy. Word to my people. You can't, you can rebuild a building, but you can't rebuild a lost life. Exactly. Respect to him. Exactly. Respect to my uncle, guys. Yeah, king. <laughs> but no, no dude, like, well? Mark who? Okay. 
Mark Jacobs. He just is the Mark one. Jacobs. Mark Jacobs. Mark Jacobs is in Mark Jacobs as in the designer. Mark by Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs in collaboration yes. with Mark Jacobs? With, yes, with collaboration with Mark okay. Jacobs on Mark Jacobs with Mark Jacobs. On the Mark Jacobs brand of Mark Jacobs? Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> that guy. You know that guy. We knew he was okay. on that bullshit, but he had those things, okay? Let's be realistic. He's been <laughs> on this bullshit. He said, let me put my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, he replaced like, his school science with Black Lives Matter and I was like, this man, you have to love him. Anyway. But yeah. Yeah. I mean we need I to have, find an appropriate I... way to continue this conversation without like the fear of adding more of the same noise to the information that's been saturated by all these people who have been like trying to get clout for it like there comes a time when too much information is dangerously counterproductive so like share what you know best like exactly exactly that's and that's such a good point as well because especially for quite a few of my black friends have told me dude i just need to get off social media i'm taking Mm -hmm. some time off because it's just so like social media has never been heavier it really hasn't oh yeah and yeah and especially as you know it was yeah yeah it's just like it's powerful but it's Mm -hmm. you know a lot it was really bad because there was a couple of days in a row where i literally was staying up to like 5 6 a.m after Mm -hmm. waking up at 8 a.m just scrolling through my timeline being like okay what's going on what's going on like obsessively scrolling through like I need mm. to know what's going on so that I feel reassured that something's happening so I yeah. don't feel like I'm powerless, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. it really, it gets to your, it gets to your mental state and it affects your mental health and it's like, yeah. you feel like there, there are actually statistics to prove this as well because um, police killings of unarmed black men, like um, black Americans, I should say, not just men, um, they actually have like a population level impact on the me- mental health of black Americans. And if you mm-hmm. think about, um, uh, I forget her name. I think it was da- uh, Daniela or Darnella, um, the girl who actually recorded the George Floyd video. She actually spoke out about how it's had an absolutely detrimental effect. Of course, because it was a oh, traumatic experience. And but mm-hmm. she's actually getting witness. But she's actually getting mm-hmm. like the short end of the stick because people are bullying her, saying, "Why didn't you do anything?" She's a seventeen, exactly. I think, seventeen or something year old girl, like. Mm-hmm and she's getting bullied for for witnessing a horrible horrible heinous crime Mm -hmm. exactly i've seen people being like oh why is she getting blamed for not doing anything as a 17 year old girl when there's four police officers literally holding down a black man how do you how do you think she's gonna have more power than the man that's already underneath Mm -hmm. their knees yeah and as someone from the Asian community, one of those police officers was actually, um, his name was Thao. I don't want to fucking say his name. He doesn't deserve it. Like he, <laughs> he, he was actually per- a person from an Asian minority. So when we say, you know, <laughs> black and ethnic minorities, black and ethnic minorities don't always stand together. And that's why as an, when we talk about like allyship, it's really important for people of color like me and Shafika to look within our own communities 
Yeah. Wow, full circle, guys. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you know whose names really, really do need to be saying? George Floyd, Sandra Bland. George Bland Floyd. Speaking, speaking of Sandra Bland, oh my goodness, I saw um, a video that she posted, obviously, before. Wow, I don't need Sandra yeah, Bland. Yeah, I saw that compilation. It was like that five minute video. It was yeah, absolutely oh my- devastating. Because she's she's spitting straight facts, you know. She actually said, um, "We you you will not be successful in this world until you realize how to work with white people." So everything I've been saying about meeting their standards and meet working within the system and all of that, sis, she said it. She said exactly. It. And do you know what she also said? She said, "If I die." in police custody is because it's not because i killed myself it's because i was murdered and and what did they rule her death as hmm suicide shut the fuck up and get and out they, of my and face and so they ruled george floyd's death as with the first the first um coroner the first aut- autopsy said underlying mm. conditions related to yeah. his um his oh high blood pressure and now they also put out a an article saying that he was tested positive for COVID nineteen oh on the uh, on like the third of May or something. On the third of May, no, on the third of April. Is it on the third of April? He so 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 okay. So he Can has coronavirus. He has all these underlying you know ailments, but the knee that was on his neck definitely did not contribute anything, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. Makes sense. We love that sound logic. <laughs> every single every single time. It's like they want to prove that black people are killing themselves just by existing. And, like, yeah, yeah, in that second we were just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm ready to tap out. No. You're not ready to absolve yourself of that guilt. You can't do that. It's yeah. not allowed. We won't allow you. Yeah. Oh my god, okay, completely. This is so, I'm so sorry because, Shao, you were spitting facts and this is such a stupid thing to bring up <laughs> afterwards. But you know, um, Mrs. Officer <laughs> by Lil Wayne? Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> he has this one line, he has this one line which is like, uh, beat it like a cop. Rodney King, baby, beat it like a cop. <laughs> and I was like, Brothers. <laughs> Man, I hate him. He's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, I think you know what? Something people have been saying, especially with um, people who have like a proximity to police officers in their lives, like you know, like your uncle Shay, is that yeah, you know, bad cops are making all cops look bad. You know? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> but but the thing is. The police force, particularly in America, as an institution, is is rife with like cause for concern, corruption, and like it thrives on that, you know. So that's not mm-hmm. to say that oh, your uncle isn't a you know a good man or like there aren't good cops in the world. I'm sure there are, but the institution that they serve is corrupt, and that is why well, the I, people I are like. I agree. Yeah, and that's why people are when when they're saying like fuck a cop, they mean fuck a cop. Like Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> that's why we say all cops are bastards. It's not the, the testament to that person. 
is to the institution and to their role that they play in that yeah. institution. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. that people have to be associated yeah. with it, but when they're not calling it out, when they realise the system they're in and they're just like, okay, I'm still going to participate, I'm going to try and do my best to change it. Cool, yeah. but we're still going to say, we start to say the same thing. We're not going to say, except this one person, except mm-hmm. these five people, except this police department, because at the end of the day, all cops are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, abolish the police, abolish the ice, you know, fuck all of them. I'm you sorry, know, guys, you did know. you hear the ice cream van? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah okay. that was such a good backing like, track to saying abolish the police. She's like, fuck the police. But, um, I remember, I think it was like an episode of Patriot Act or something. Um, dude, sorry, like, I, I just watched Hassan Minaj's, um, statement on this whole, I don't know if it's a statement is the right word, but, like, you know, his bit on this whole situation, because he came out with it, like, a few hours ago, and, um, I was watching the, the, I think it was, like, an episode of Patriot Act or something, and he was talking about in, uh, the American Police Force, you have, like, in your training, you have, you're trained to, like, act instantly, even if, like a threat is not imminent and um, American cops, they get like eight hours of like conflict de-escalation training, but 129 hours of weapons and fighting in their training. Like, isn't that crazy? Eight hours versus 129. I think it shows that fundamentally that their role to play in society is to use their power and the ability to, you know, it's abuse, for lack of a better word, to police, to police them. To police them. Exactly. That's that. That's the job that they were given. They weren't given there to advocate for human lives. Otherwise, that would be the majority of their training. Their job is to actively get people into prison, to remove people from the population, and put them into prison. That's their main role. Yeah. And also, speaking in terms of the whole prison system, it's, you know, we call them correctional facilities, but mm-hmm. I mean, I doubt, I, I don't really see that as a fitting thing because I think a lot of times we look at the prison system as a form of punishment, right? It's not about rehabilitation. That's, that's a long conversation. That's why we say, what abolish the prisons? <laughs> That is that is for next week's seminar. <laughs> That's for another seminar, you know. Like the I don't whole know if you guys have seen um thirteen. Too much. Oh, girl, I watched thirteen when it was yeah. like um first it first came out and everything, mm. bruh. No, I haven't watched that. You should a watch it. We'll have a combo about it, Shio. A lot of the police documentaries are just hard to You'd like, have I, know, I didn't watch the I I didn't I've never watched the documentary about the Central Park Five. Mm. Um, I think that made that when I watched that that was so powerful. Like I I really couldn't even begin to comprehend. Mm. I'm not guys. I'm not big on like Netflix documentaries. Not gonna lie, I do enjoy watching <laughs> was, them, but I'm always yeah. <laughs> I take them with like a grain of salt. But that I one did. Was I watched. Dramatization more than a documentary. That's why it was. <laughs> I, that's why I definitely couldn't watch it. 
it felt it there's just the trailer alone I, I've never to this day finished watching the trailer for that for that show I think, but I think I think they're like good springboards you know what I mean because I watched the um yeah. documentary on Malcolm X who, who killed mm. Malcolm X on mm. actually during this quarantine and dude Malcolm X's life and his family's life is so like fascinating um mm. more on that later but did you know his wife Betty Betty X Betty Shabazz was actually killed by his grandson. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. He set he set her on fire by accident. 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 So when he was twelve. Accident. When he was twelve, yeah. And guess what? Wow. His, um, his, guess what his grandson's name was. Malcolm. What? No. Way. That's just. Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. So. That's why I don't watch those documentaries and those like those. It's too. For me, plus, it's too realistic. It's too traumatizing. There's no, mm. like, my thoughts on it is it's good for non-black people to watch because mm. it shows them and it makes them, it invo- evokes the feelings necessary mm. to try and make a change and to realize what people are going through and what yeah. people have been through for years and decades. Mm. But for me, as a, black, as a black girl, as a woman who's gone, he's seen it and knows that my brother is going to have to go through it. My dad has gone through it. Like, hearing mm-hmm. stories from my dad when he has traveled to America when he was younger, this was over 20 years ago, and he was mm-hmm. advised, like, you don't take this certain route, you don't, you don't act this way around police, you don't say these things. Like, hearing those, like, first-hand experiences, those kind of shows, those kind of documentaries will always be traumatizing to me because I know I will probably yeah. have to experience it one day. People around me are experiencing one day, so... Do you know what? Just, I think, so bad so damaging it's not even the proximity when you when you experience it you don't need to see it in a documentary mm. as simple as that. Mm-hmm. exactly that's um yeah so that's on that's on that that's on netflix i know i mentioned what happened in malaysia with miss malaysia 2017 oh yeah girl oh, Wow, she's a she's a bit of a mess. I won't lie. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to even start. Like, I don't. If anyone who's listening is from Malaysia and they have seen, shout it, out like, to Malaysia, Kale. Oh my god, <laughs> like seriously, like I don't understand. What I don't know. Someone's you know, head. Do you know what? When <laughs> I sometimes I question, like, did you not consult your PR team before putting this out? Dude, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what I was some gonna say. Don't need social media, like, some people's social, their social media teams should seize their applications. Listen, it was so chaotic. I had to double take. I thought it was a Kanye tweet. I had to double take. It was so chaotic. It was so chaotic. I was like. But yeah, when I was reading it, my eyes rolled so far back into my head, I became illiterate. And um, <laughs> that's all the energy I'm going to give to that. Thank you. Honestly, some of the things I've seen, I'm just like, wow, that was disrespectful to me on a molecular level. Like, I almost <laughs> decided to pass away. It was uh, so so should, we, should we explain for listeners who don't know what happened? Like, what, what happened? With the yeah. Miss Miss Malaysia, yeah. Like okay, why don't we get the resident Malaysian to? Yeah, tell them. <laughs> yeah. So she posted on her Instagram story like 
um, this was a couple of days ago, she was like, I don't ever in America, it has nothing to do with me, but to me it seems like the whites won. Because if you're angry, you respond in rage and anguish. This mean that means they have it has power over you. They have power over you. And then she put a meme up and then she wrote foolish humans. I don't understand why Malaysians are so bothered by it, bro. We're only, we're all okay. Only up till now. We're doing just fine. Stop watching Netflix, please. Hun. <laughs> Just let that simmer for a second. <laughs> yeah. Where do you even start? Like, where do you even start, you know? Honestly, how do you unpack something like that? First no, of all, <laughs> I know I know. I said memes are always relevant previously on this podcast. Haha, <laughs> guys, that was yeah. so meta. But, <laughs> but if you're... Shut the fuck up. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. That's on. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, that's it. Yeah, I think it's for itself. Stop typing, stop posting. Excuse my French, but sh- some people should not have a platform. Miss Malaysia should not have a platform. You know what? Ye should not have a platform. Katie Hopkins should not have a platform. These people should not have platforms. Listen to, the song she should listen to is um, Shut the Fuck Up by Miss Rina Sawayama. You know, she did a really good <laughs> how she could... She got um, unverified a couple... Wow. unverified, like, last... <laughs> No, on Twitter, on, on Instagram. Twitter or Instagram. All platforms. All platforms. And everyone was trying to Bruh, change the Wikipedia page. They really said this bitch fake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? No, but it's just... But it's... Okay, you know what? Let's talk about cancel culture for a second, yeah? We hate to do it, but we gotta. We gotta. I feel like people are gonna make mistakes in their life. There's no denying that. You know, everybody ha- has done stupid shit when they were kids and they've come to regret it or even when they're adults and they come to regret it. So is it is there a point where we can say, if they apologize and mean it genuine, we, we should say, yes, okay. Yes, because I think people can learn, people can educate themselves and understand, you know, where they went wrong. However, when you are a person that has a platform like Miss Malaysia, or when you're a person who is, you know, um, like has a public persona and you say stupid shit like this, it's very difficult to take your words as superficial. like, if it's, if it's profound or if it's performative, because like, dude, you know who fucking spoke out about Black Lives Matter? Logan Paul. No. Bitch, <laughs> Logan Paul. No. Logan no, Paul. I heard that name. I was like, oh my god, no. <laughs> Logan Paul oh, said, if you like think if you think white privilege isn't real, you're blind. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> you know, I had to laugh. I had to laugh because he said. No, I had to laugh because because you're telling me. Are you actually stupid? Just, He's actually just doing this for clout. This He's man, this man saw now. George Floyd. That video, of George Floyd, and it took not it. How could it take you two dead bodies? Oh my God, that's so disgusting to say. For you to realize where the fuck you went wrong. Word to the fray. Where did I go wrong? Like, I don't even, (laughs) I don't even know what to say. So in terms of that, it's very difficult. Like, even if you mean it genuinely, how much are you doing it for? And wasn't it? And wasn't it your brother that was, you know, going through malls, looting? We don't talk about them. 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 Sis, we don't talk about them. We don't talk about them. We don't talk about them. Okay. 
No. Different podcast for a, a different day. <laughs> next week we'll talk about. Next week we're gonna be talking about <laughs> the Paul brothers. <laughs> no, guys, this is the series finale. Halas. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. Relax. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. It's like how much of it is performative and mm-hmm. with a person like Miss Malaysia when she came out with like I saw the um apol- the quote unquote apology statement she also came out with that you sent us. When mm-hmm. I was reading it, I was like, okay, so you've acknowledged this in one, two paragraphs. All right, cool. That yeah, maybe I mis- made a mistake. And then you babble on about finding inner peace, self-love, I love myself, I won't let it damage me. You've made this issue about you. Let's mm-hmm. move on. And it's not about you. And girl, I wish you well. Um, I hope you find peace. And um, people who've used their platform in a way to, in a sense, perform. Like, I don't know if you've had the controversy with Leah and Michelle from Glee as well. Oh, oh my gosh, girl. I was about to yes, that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I don't know if I can put it in my heart to cancel Glee, but I'll actually, I'll, I, I can do it to cancel Leah and Michelle. I mean, like, Glee, Glee, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I don't know. That's you, hard. I don't, Cheo. I don't care if you can't find it in your heart. The the network counseled Glee. Okay, moving on. They <laughs> <laughs> did. That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, but I don't know. The whole yeah. I think it's. I think it's worthwhile because black people and brown people get literally fired and demoted and what's it called blacklisted from communities for speaking out against racism and discrimination in the workplace and you're telling me that we should allow people who are openly racist saying vile things and when they're apologizing they're still coming back with more vile things to say saying that they don't believe that these kind of people should be calling them out and they should come and talk to their communities first for example because I know there was something there was like a couple of young people who have gone to who were applying to university or have been in university and while they were apologizing they'll be like yeah but I don't think that I should be the one being criticized I think you should develop your community first blah blah and it's uh, like these are the people you want to go to higher institutions these are the people you want to hire these are the people you want on your boards of management of course we're going to counsel them we're going to report them to their school we're going to report mm-hmm. them to their place of work we're going to yeah. report them to their family and we will disturb your life the same way you're disturbing everyone else's Mm-hmm. It, you're not exempt if you say something online and, and it's ridiculously hateful you've got to come to deal with those consequences unfortunately yeah, exactly. and you know what good riddance <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean yeah, I couldn't put it any, yeah. any better simple as that when it comes to having a message on like your platform you have to fuel authenticity into your message you can't like you know like use it as a way to perform and like just show these people I guess like for in Leah Michelle's case and like all these people who have like these big platforms people are like a massive following I feel like some of them just use it as a way to not oblige to it but they try and like hide from their past actions and i feel like if you really want to take it into consideration like with everything that's going on you need to be able to accept what you've done 
like as like justice to like George Floyd and everything and use that mm-hmm. as a way to move on. Don't exactly hide from your past actions and just be like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. Because if you have done something wrong, admit to it. Exactly. Claim your actions, take responsibility and apologize, and then mm-hmm. show how you're moving on. Yeah. If you're a yeah. public figure like that, if you're a major actor, how can you stay? How can you pretend like you didn't mean what you did? Because we know in the moment you did. We're all mm-hmm. human here. We know that in the moment we feel like what we want to do is correct. Yeah. But we know that your actions were sincere in the moment. You're not going to say it was something random because you were on the show for how long? Mm-hmm. And there's how many people are speaking out about it. So but, when you're apologizing, yeah. take responsibility and move like we don't want to hear any other rubbish about you trying to improve yourself say what you've done wrong apologize and move on and then if you want to say what you want to do with yourself say it in context of your apology to other people not in saying oh i'm really improving myself i've done so much change but I it's also like that in yeah, the last two years something you brought up is also also like when you say it when you say i'm sorry and you take responsibility for your actions there has to be change that's seen you know what I mean? Exactly. You can't just say like, oh, I'm sorry. And then still, I don't know, use the N word in your private life mm-hmm. to people. You can't like look down on people. Like it ha- there has exactly. to be a change. Yeah. Like it has to go beyond this performative, I'm sorry. And I feel like I've said performative 50,000 times in the last two hours. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. the word, it's the, it's the necessary I mean, it's- word. What do you think um, we should take, people should take from this episode? Like, what would you recommend people doing? Hmm. I think one of the most important things to take from this episode is when you are sharing your support for other communities, make sure that you do it in a sincere way and that you're not just doing it to follow the lead of someone else or to or to make sure you feel included in the part and you don't want to feel bad about not being involved because in at the end of the day it's not about you if you don't want to take part don't take part but don't complain when people call you out and if you are being an ally and you are supporting the cause of black lives matter and advocating for black people and people of color to get the support they need and to stop being discriminated and to try and fight institutional racism then make sure you're not over speaking over black black voices and that you are speaking to members of your direct family your community and starting change around you and making Mm -hmm. sure that even though you're getting uncomfortable and even though you might get backlash about, about how you go across things for, from other people, that it's just the acknowledgement and the action that's good enough. It's not seeking approval from someone else. And it's appreciated. It's really appreciated because we can't, you can't stand by and watch other people killed and think that you're doing this for, you know, approval. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't say it better myself, even if I was black, but, (laughs) but it is, 
it's a privilege to have to be able to educate yourself on racism instead of experiencing it firsthand, right? As a person of color, there are different things we all face and specific kinds of racism that we are all um, specifically privy to. But as a person of color that supports the black community and wants, you know, the basic right of them being able to live and go out into the street, go for a jog, sleep, whatever it may be, without being manhandled by the police. All I can say is just sit down, listen to other people. I mm -hmm. am a brown person. I am a South Asian. I have never lived the Black experience, even though I have friends in the community. I will only learn about the Black experience through sitting down and trying to learn about it. You know? Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Word to Kendrick, sit down, be humble, check up on your Black friends, see what, what's going mm -hmm. on, and do your best. Do your mm -hmm. best to be there for them, and do your best to acknowledge how, especially in communities for people of color, you have mm -hmm. internalized racism towards other communities yeah. of color as well. Yeah. And and be aware of your own privileges, you know? Yeah. Like um like like I know I think an issue is that some people don't recognize their own privilege. Like they just take it as a given, you know. Mm -hmm. And um and then yeah, just like ask questions to people of, you know, people of color and um you know, if, explore your curiosity about like what they go through and mm -hmm you know, to have a better understanding, you know. But it has to go beyond education and it has to go beyond sharing a few hashtags and posts on social media. You have to actually put your money where oh, your mouth yeah. is. That's not just in terms of donations. You have to you have to show up for black people. You have to show up for um black and ethnic minority people in the West when these things happen. And beyond that you have to show up for anybody regardless of where they are, if they're facing something as horrifying as a vile violation of human rights, such as what happened to George Floyd, mm -hmm. you need to care. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also, read. Most of the people I know and most are illiterate. Are going to be. They're also illiterate, <laughs> but they're also university, <laughs> <laughs> which is a. I know it might be complex for some people to understand how you can have a literate university students, but you know, it's not that complex. It's weird. You have, too many, you have so many libraries. Oh you have so many articles and so so many resources in your grasp. JSTOR. So go and read. Yeah, go and search some keywords, and don't Google Scholar. People, don't beg people to try and prove you wrong or to mm -hmm. give you advice, unless you've already done your research like you can always ask about certain things on a topic or how to get educated but don't mm -hmm. ask people don't expect people to give you free education there are people who can teach you pay them there are black people do not owe you anything they do not owe you 
them educating you on the struggles they go through like mm-hmm. especially and, if you're racist <laughs> we don't have time to <laughs> no, but, wrong. but you bring up you bring up such a good point about discourse in academia it's always about like a battle of wits you know it's never mm. about like it's never about like hey sit down maybe i don't fucking know about something and my peer can tell me about it it's always like a battle of wits and someone trying to one-up each other especially talking to racists which i mean i don't think we should even do at this point anymore the the chapter is closed move on if y'all are ignorant and y'all are racist sorry if you're racist you'll get radio silence from me and that's that that's that on that (laughs) if you like talking to word to my mom word to my mom you can take a horse to water but you can't make a drink (laughs) right there's no there you should not entertain conversations with people who you can feel and you really do not see wanting to have an educated and academic Mm -hmm. intellectual whatever you want to use conversation with you yeah you should focus on how we can educate again sounding like malala but the youth especially because it's young people that will make a difference and it's young people who are actually opening up and sitting up and thinking hey you know what this is kind of fucked up the things that happened in the generations before me (laughs) didn't really acknowledge it so now what can i do Mm. another point is to call out your you know educational institutions why is the Mm -hmm. curriculum the west so white that's on royal holloway Exactly. That's yeah, what my, my, my old sixth form, who I've currently helped to write an open letter to Ofsted to report them for their racist behaviors. It's crazy. It's also on Oxford. That's also on Oxford. Exactly. If you if you claim if you claim that you're a, or that you're an institution that's diverse and is proud to have diverse opinions in your school or in your workplace then why do you silence your workers? Why do you silence people who call out instances of racism or discrimination, sexual abuse, sexual discrimination? Why do you silence that? Hmm? Maybe you should ask yourself that question. If you're and so- that's brought to you by, and that is brought to you by the <laughs> diversity quota at Royal Holloway. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I actually can't believe that. <laughs> Guys, I'm I love this MUN shocked. seminar. MUN seminar. Also, stop trying to invite Katie Hopkins to campus because she will get. Katie, yeah, guys, oh, I'm not allowing please that. Please take Katie Hopkins' platform away from her, please. If I you hear about White Out Wednesday, if I hear about White Out Wednesday again in my life, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I will choose to pass away. I will. Honestly, I will actually <laughs> pass away. We just. This generation, we just like there's why are we giving like why are people allowing people to use this platform to like spread such negativity in this world? Like I was seriously. So I was so lovely that I was like, hmm, hmm. How how old are you and we're inviting Katie Hopkins on the campus? For for oh our please come yeah, to my birthday party. From free will? Is that normal? Are we sure that's okay? Are we meant to be okay? I have I'll keep it short and sweet. There is a difference between free speech, freedom of speech, and hate speech, okay? Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, if you, if, you, if you bring people on campus into ac- academic institutions to spread their hate speech, how is that going to help us in any way, shape, or form? Well, that doesn't validate that? their opinions exactly. and their purely opinions. 
it's not based on facts it's opinion this is this is i don't even want to like i don't even want to talk about katie hopkins anymore like i don't i don't <laughs> we don't need we have, to give we have enough we have enough bad things going on right now yeah. oh my god guys i'm really surprised we did not even once acknowledge the clown that is in power yeah in we power. Don't or his or his little brother boris like do you know how funny it is that they both look alike and they're both in power right now like yeah the real bad. question is guys who is supplying them with their toupees that's all i want to know that's all oh i want to know they need to, get, <laughs> they need to be sued they don't glue it down tight enough what's going on honestly you can tell they don't have black people in their lives because they wouldn't have hair that bad and get away with it. If <laughs> possible. You know what I mean? They need to watch some, you know, K-dramas, Chinese dramas and see how the lace front is actually meant to be. Oh, also, big shout out to K-pop fans. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the K-pop fans. <laughs> Thank you for using your fan cams for good for once. Wow. Jamin really did that. <laughs> BTS Impact is international. Army. Ways to like for people to act like to like go back. I think like definitely reflect and educate yourself on your own privilege, colorism, colonization, systematic racism. Donate. Use your money for the right reasons. Use your time. You like, we're it. stuck in quarantine, people. Like, come on. Like, we've got the time. You also, if you don't have money, you can also donate by, I think there's a YouTube link where you can just, like, yeah, just watch the video. Just watch it on loop. Well, don't watch it on loop because it'll get flagged, okay? But watch it with, like, <laughs> the K-pop stands also taught us that, so talent. And thank you. I'm telling you, they're really doing the most. They're really out here educating the youth. <laughs> They're standing up for human rights. Um, I think they deserve better. <laughs> should I tag them? Their should be put in, um, they should be put alongside the Black Lives Matter. We should tweet UNHCR. We should tweet UNHCR for special recognition of K-pop stands. <laughs> <laughs> We've just got to support Black-owned initiatives and enterprises. Stopping yeah. culturally appropriative. Halt support to organizations that are complicit in racism and promote hate. Like, seriously, people, like, we know what to do. Like, it's all instilled in our brains, but exactly. it's doing it and making a change and making a difference. So, yeah, do just do voices. it. And don't stop next week. Don't stop this week. Don't stop next yeah. week. Just keep on doing it. Keep up the momentum. Also, you use your votes vote mm-hmm. go register to vote learn yeah. more about protest what, what and policy. policies are out there and yeah what, what would you guys say to like people who are hesitant to speak out right now because for like some reasons i have the worst thing that's gonna happen is that you get Shale, blocked. You <laughs> the worst thing yeah. that can happen is that you get blocked like really realistically maybe it's your family members you're hesitant to speak up about because uh it might be a sensitive situation just Mm. ease them into the conversation confront them gently don't come with a like a full force like i'm trying to attack you just ease them in ask them questions don't be like oh you're wrong because Mm. even even with my parents as a black child i have to call them out on some of the things that they say because it can be inflammatory it can be discriminatory because that's just how 
that's just how people are you know but mm. you can't you can't come out on the attack and expect someone to not be defensive but it also it's just a conversation that needs to be had so if you're mm. willing just do it the worst thing that can happen is a vlog or you know an argument yeah, exactly. and then you move on okay if anyone's thinking like i don't just want to post a black square i don't know what to say what the right thing to say is i don't know enough about the issue you just still message your black friends and tell them that you're there for them to rant with them be criticized learn from them like they're trying to help you right. out they're trying to educate you even though it's not their job exactly Ooh. educate yourself <laughs> <laughs> Take this opportunity to go and Google some keywords. If you feel wow. like you don't need to say anything, or you feel like you Holloway, educate yourself. Exactly, shout out to Royal Holloway. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you guys so much for being part of the podcast. Like, I really appreciate it. Thank yeah, thank you so much us. for having me. Thank you. So. Yeah. It was a really good discussion. Yeah. I was happy speaking today. Yeah, I feel really um, like honored to be here, especially since I'm not a person of color. But having you guys include me and like I like I just feel so honored to like listen to you guys of like hearing your guys's view, and you know like especially you know of your guys's experiences. And I mean, it was just I I feel more educated myself, you know, and. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, 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 thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your perspective on things as well. It's really helpful. Yeah. But we can't keep these conversations in house. We have to mm-hmm. talk about them on main platforms. We need to talk about them with people who aren't of color. We need to talk about them who aren't with people who aren't black. We need to, you know, have dialogue. It's so important. Yeah. So okay. thank you, Shafika, for facilitating this. <laughs> Big shout out to you. Personally, I think, I think, (laughs) yeah, I personally think Miss Malaysia should give up her title and give it to you, but whatever. That's that's on the (laughs) Malaysian government. Miss Malaysia 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Malaysia 2020. Yeah. It was really nice, like, to actually, like, talk to you guys about it, because, like, I think it's so important, especially right now, to have this conversation. Like, I know a lot of people on their platforms are using it to, like, speak about it, but, like, it's good to actually, like, talk about it and have this open conversation. And, like, obviously, people who are listening to this, like, you're welcome to, like, message any of us and give you, like, give us your opinions about everything. But, like, we're literally just trying to speak up. We're using our platform. We have our voice. Listen. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, thank you guys so much and good luck with quarantine and yeah. This bitch still exists. Bye. Yeah, bye. Yeah, thank you.